0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get
1: inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James.
2: Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have you here with us today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your neck of the woods. And yes, you heard me right. A life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine such a thing? Just let that wash over you for one minute. A life of wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, peace. Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, it is possible. Yes, you do deserve it. And yes, you can achieve it. Listen, I'm a mom of two busy teenagers. I work full time as a pharmacist. I'm an actress and author, the creator of Everyday Peace with Dr. Dravon James. I do, I host meetups, I host workshops. I'm busy, just like you. And just because we're busy doesn't mean that we don't deserve peace every day, doesn't mean that we cannot cultivate a life of peace every day. It is possible. We tweak a few things, we gather with people of like mindedness, and voila. We create peace every day. It's a practice, not a destination. Yes, we can gather together to do that. So I'm super excited to have you here with us today. I want to tell you first and foremost, a few things that are happening in the world of everyday peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We have two, that's right, two virtual events coming up in the month of March. Two virtual events coming up. The first is entitled Love and Money. Love and money. I'm probably of the mindset that you can't have too much of either one of those. Love and money. We have a virtual event coming up for you this Saturday hosted by myself and the wonderful Keisha Dixon, better known as the Tapping Queen. That's this Saturday uh, at 11 to 12, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For more more details, please visit my Facebook page at everydaypeace.com on Facebook and you'll get uh, the zoom code and all of that jazz and all the particulars, but please plan on being there. If you know someone or if you yourself are looking to enhance your love life and that's, Every relationship has some love component to it. So looking to enhance the love in your life, looking to make more money, increase your money, your income status. If not for you, for your charities, please plan on joining us this Saturday, 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Um, follow me on Facebook. You'll get more details on that tonight. There should be a link up and everything up for you tonight for that. If not tonight, first thing tomorrow morning. Second virtual event is called is back, is back by popular demand. It was, I first did it in February and I've had a lot of requests to do it again. So it is relationships from pain to power, from pain to, from pain to promise, excuse me, from pain to promise, relationship from pain to promise. And that is going to be March 20th. That's a Wednesday from 8.00. From 7 to 8 p.m. So that's March 20th from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. You don't want to miss that. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful event in February. It's going to be more spectacular in March. It's a wonderful event. I hope you plan on being there for that. And then, of course, you can find me on Thursdays on Facebook Live with a group of fabulous women hosting a show called Living Well Woman, where we cover every topic under the sun. It is for women uh, 50 and beyond. So in that season of life, but you could be younger, or you could, you know, you could even be a man. Because a lot, we had a man with us a couple of weeks ago who thoroughly enjoyed it and was very, very interactive with us. So uh, that's Thursdays, this Thursday included. And the Self Love Explosion tour is headed to Birmingham. You know, we had to change our date, so we're in Birmingham on. We get the date for you here. We're in Birmingham on April twentieth at the Red Mountain Theater. From 8 a.m. to 12 noon. If you're in the Birmingham, Alabama area, you don't want to miss that. You'll see the link appear on my Facebook and Instagram within a day or two. And that is the Self Love Explosion Tour. So that's that's always a fun event. And then I have just started this weekend. I just opened up a meetup group. You guys hear me talk about that from time to time. I love meetups. I love meetups. And it occurred to me that I should host one. So I started a meetup. If you're in the Maryland area, it's going to be held in Towson, Maryland, right outside of Baltimore. And we're going to be meeting up. It's the everyday piece with Dr. Drayvon James, where we're going to explore different ways to create the life of our dreams using, guess what, wait for it, using whatever shows up in your life. That concludes today. The good the bad and in between we're gonna use everything that showed up and we're gonna create the life of your dreams with it how amazing is that it's gonna be a fun time of networking and growth and development so I don't have my first event set yet but look forward to in a couple of weeks we'll have that set up for you so that's what's going on with everyday peace with dr. Dravon James and today today I am super excited to talk to you about a topic that visits about 50 percent of all married couples and that is divorce about 50 percent of all married couples get divorced and we know that divorce is painful it is extremely painful so right now if you know someone who is contemplating that or in the middle of that or just came out of that please Invite them to join the conversation to listen right now, so we can we can form a network, we can join together with them during this time and be an encouragement to them during this time. We're going to be talking about life, life after divorce. Now, if you're at the very beginning stages of that and you're just thinking of contemplating the word divorce or the process of divorce is hard enough. And then you get in the middle of the ocean with this and you, you know, you're equal distance from the shore, from saving the marriage, from dissolving the marriage and you're right there in the middle and it's painful. It's so painful and you feel isolated. And then you get through the other side of it and you come out and you have a piece of paper and it announces that you are divorced. And oftentimes there is this void, this feeling of what now What next? What now? Is there life after divorce? Yes, it is. So we're going to be talking today with the fabulous Wanda Abney, who is authored a chapter in a book that is a marvelous book. She Believed is the title of the book. And she, volume two, volume one, excuse me. And her chapter is volume two, excuse me, volume two. And her chapter is freedom. Freedom by grace. Freedom by grace. I got to tell you that the word grace holds a special place in my heart. Very early on in my life, very young, I got the definition from a pastor of grace and mercy. Grace was explained to me as the hand of God giving to you that which you cannot work for that which you cannot work for. Grace, the hand of God giving to you that which you cannot work for. Is that amazing? And then mercy was the hand of God holding back from us that which we deserve. Mercy, the hand of God holding back from us that which we deserve. So whenever I hear those two words, I fondly remember that pastor who took the time to make that distinction for me, but it warms my heart to know that we are covered by grace, by grace, and of course, um, we need that when we when we're thinking about divorce and all that that brings along with it. We know that we relationships take more than just us, and it yes, it does happen in the lives of believers and non-believers and everyone in between. Everyone in between. So we know fit, about fifty percent of the American population. So. It's something that we need to talk about. It's something that we need to be aware of. We don't need to be ashamed and ducking and dodging. There's that, that component to it. And we're going to talk to Wanda Abney and we're going to get right in there. W- Wanda, hi. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Dravon James. I'm so excited to have you with us today.
1: I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Dr. Dravon. You know, I am so, I, I just am, am very honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Oh, you're so welcome. So I want to start off and we got a we got a emotionally charged topic today and I'm excited to uh-huh. talk about it because I know I know that this topic resonates with so many people. There's probably no one's life that divorce has not touched either directly or indirectly. So yeah it either it's either it's for the the listener right now to get comforted and peace in the middle of their situation or it's for them to take to someone or invite to someone and just share because you know how we get in those places sometimes, and we really don't know what to say. you really don't know what to right. say we and we want to have the right that words. person. Yeah. How do you support someone who's going through such a painful time? So we're going to talk a lot about that. But before we get in that, I want to talk to you because you're pretty amazing. Pretty Aww, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> your radio <laughs> thank program, you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. You're so well deserving. I mean, I'm just speaking the truth. Your radio program, full circle. Tell us a little bit about what your mission is with that radio program.
1: Oh, man, that's my baby right now. Full Circle is an amazing show. It's an empowerment show for women, and it's basically having the conversations that we as women want and need to have. It's usually, I call it empowerment through conversation. And what the goal is, is just talking about having the conversations that we typically maybe don't have, say, quote, unquote, in public. So talking about things like the superwoman syndrome and talking about the masks that we wear and talking about how do you find your purpose and how do you walk in that and just a variety of topics um there's a little bit of something for everyone every week and it expands to you know the young i try to reach the the young ladies like the teens we talked about sex trafficking and domestic violence all the way to you know your grandma and your great grandma can all participate and listen to the show. So it's a it's a wonderful show. It comes on live every Saturday uh, from ten to twelve here in California, um, but people can hear it all around the country by listening online um, at kdeefm.org. dot org, and I also post up the the past episodes on SoundCloud as well.
2: Oh, that sounds wonderful, and I love the fact that you cover the spectrum. Uh, you know, for the age groups, that's so very important. And that you're having conversations that a lot of times women do feel apprehensive to have face-to-face. You, you know, you can walk around your whole life with so much inside of you that you just feel shame to discuss. You don't have the comfort level with somebody to discuss. So at, talk radio to me is still so very relevant still so very yeah, you're relevant absolutely
1: right and I'm hoping that too it can bridge so if it's a you know start conversation within the family so maybe it's a mom and a daughter and a grandmother you know a couple of generations or aunts or you know close girlfriends that are together that may be able to say you know what I was listening to Full Circle this weekend and they were talking about trauma and you know it really resonated with me because I experienced XYZ and hopefully it can be something to bridge a conversation you know,
2: for people. Yeah. And that's a great, it's a great conversation to start to say, you know, I heard this on the radio and so you kind of segue into those, you know, topics that can be difficult to start. So talking about topics that can be difficult to start, how, divorce, that's almost a difficult word to say, don't you think?
1: It is. It's, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a hard word to think about and it's even hard to utter, you know. Um, I think a lot of times people use the word loosely until you're actually in the middle of contemplation. You know, I Uh, used to hear people say all the time, Oh, you know, if I get married and I don't like him, I'll get a divorce and use and be very cavalier about the word. And it's not until you're in the middle of contemplating what the future of your marriage that, that really starts to take on the seriousness of what that
2: word means i think yeah i th- I think so too i mean with with or without children when we talk about divorce and the change that it that occurs in a life because of this you know just everything changes you know so many, and I'm a person. If, if you've read my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, you know <laughs> that I spent most of my young life, adult, young adult life, praying to do everything right so I wouldn't have to deal with stuff. You know, I don't know if I, <laughs> I know I'm not alone with that. Uh-huh. I just didn't want to have to deal uh-huh. with the fallout of stuff, you know. And when you think about divorce, there's a lot of stuff to deal with aside from the emotional stuff.
1: Absolutely. It's almost I think for overwhelming. Me, it- yeah, it was overwhelming. I think for me, um, the very beginning of contemplating whether or not my marriage was um, going to last, I had to first wrestle with the fact of whether or not I was betraying God. For me, that was important. I didn't want to be outside of God's will. And yeah. it would, that, that in itself was a wrestle because again you know it's like god i i know you know you're a, you're not for divorce but at the same time i know that you don't want me to endure some of the things that i'm endure like i just didn't feel that i don't know for sure but for me i just didn't feel like but you don't want me to endure that do you like you know there was just a, a there was a real wrestle and conversation that i had to get honest with god and be like well, god if this is your will for me to stay in this marriage, I'll stay. But I just don't feel like this is your will because I don't think that you want me to endure some of the stuff that I am enduring for the sake of having a marriage. Um, And so that that was the beginning, you know.
2: Yeah. That change right there, disappointing God. I hear that when I talk Mm -hmm. to friends who've been divorced and who are believers and the feeling that God is going to be angry with me Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because I couldn't stick it out or because I'm so selfish. I want more, you know, I believe there's better for me. And one thing what you just said about, I know that God knows the future. He, Mm -hmm. he knows, you know, he already knew. And so it's for, you know, that feeling of, I don't want to disappoint God. You can't disappoint or surprise God, you know, Uh and I, and, but I know that's so difficult because all of us who take our relationship, you know, with God seriously feel that, you know, is there one more thing that I could do? Is there, you know, you want to make sure that you've done everything possible, you know, it's God, Uh you, you know, I've done everything possible to, to try to change, to try to salvage this, to try to honor my commitment. And how do you know? How do you, I mean, what is it? that How do you know? Like, okay, this is it. I suppose it's different for, me, for everyone. Was, how did you know? I had a
1: particular incident that I knew that, okay, I can't, this, I can't do this because now I see myself becoming very much out of character. So I'm going back just a little bit, I understand now, but in the midst of it, I didn't understand how broken I was. So I was bringing this broken person into the marriage. And so there was already a level of behavior that I wasn't very proud of within this relationship. But when we had a particular incident that I started feeling myself wanting to be out of character, and it's in the book, um, I Wanted to Jump Out of a Moving Car as We Were Having an Argument. At that point, it was like, okay, this is becoming life or death for me. And I need to get out of this. Because, again, I don't feel like God, this isn't God's plan for me. I know it's not God's plan for me to be
2: absolutely in not that
1: situation. Yeah. So that, for me, it was finding myself leading up to that being out of character in my reactions and the things that I said and the way that I was showing up until we got to this incident. And when I found myself, I mean, literally contemplating okay, if I jump out, if I, okay, if I, how can I do it in a way that I'm not too hurt? Like when I knew like, okay, it's time for you to go. And that was, that was the decision. That was it.
2: Freedom by grace yeah freedom yeah. by it, grace yeah. what, does by what does that mean to what does that mean to you that
1: i'm even here um it's so in the book um she believed uh in my chapter i use grace as an acronym for things that i found that i went through in order to find healing um and it's i was i had to i had to grieve the relationship I had to take responsibility for my part. Well, let me break those down a little bit further. I had to grieve the relationship and, and realize um, that this was over, that this was there was no going back, that this was it. It was over. It was done. I had to take responsibility for my part, you know, again, acknowledging the fact that I was a broken person in this relationship and knowing that it, I wasn't finding my healing because I was just so broken. and. You know, broken per, two broken people in a relationship does not make a good relationship because we're so busy hurting each other because we were so hurt from the things of our past. We wouldn't, we never were able to find the light of day. Um, and then I had to take some action like, okay, I'm in this situation. What am I going to do next? Um, and make a plan. I had to get closure and forgive myself. I had to forgive him. I had to just let all of that go and not wallow in that anymore. And then I had to set some new expectations for what I wanted my life to look like. I had to stand on the promises of what God says about me and what he expects of me as his daughter, and I had to move forward in that um, because that was the only way I was going, going to find freedom for myself. So the grace was, and I love the definition that you used earlier, you know, is that I didn't deserve anything. I didn't deserve, I don't deserve to be here right now, but it's because of God's grace that he allowed me to get through that because there's somebody on the other side of my testimony.
2: Yes. Yes. Especially when you talk about the emotional trauma where it had you contemplating self-harm as a way of escape. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. you're right, and and that that's, that has happened to women, and, and and I suppose to men as well, where uh, the they they can't see any other way out of the pain and the misery that has that is being afflicted on them, or that you know that they're in because of the relationship. So we, let's go back to the beginning because I love that acronym. I love the way that, that grieve the relationship. Mm-hmm. Grieve the relationship. Yeah. Now, is this like is this grieving process for you happen before you got to the divorce stage, or this is doing? We're talking life after divorce. So, is this after the divorce, or is this grieving start? Well, this within the
1: after I left my marriage and I found myself living in my childhood bedroom, and at that point, it was like, "What am I? How am I going to?" move forward. And so that's, for me, that's when the grieving process started when I actually, I I was married for 12 years. It's a long time. I mean, this uh, certainly it's not as long as a lot of people, but it's a long time. And so that grieving process, being in my childhood bedroom in this twin bed in my mom's house by myself, not having that person to call or to lean on or Babe, I need this or any of that. Like that's for me. That was the start of the grieving process when there was an actual physical separation of us because we had our that incident happened in in October of 2015, but it it took us a couple of months to actually start to unravel everything and then i moved out in february of 2016 so while we were there i wasn't really grieving i think i was numb it wasn't until we actually had that physical separation that now it's it's, it's kind of like a, sh- a culture shock and so that was when the grieving started for me
2: wow yeah i can imagine. i can I, as you were talking I, I had this sensation over me of just loneliness as part of the grievingness because there you sometimes even in the situations that are not healthy for us, we're comforted by the fact that we're not alone. And I mm-hmm. think it keeps a lot of us stuck in situations that we would otherwise walk away from. I read an article uh, maybe a couple months ago on an airplane, actually. And it was talking about pathological loneliness or codependency. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, in psychology today said that about 90% of Americans suffer from pathological loneliness or codependency. And there's different phases of it. Maybe not the full blown thing of codependency, but definitely the loneliness part. And I know for, mm-hmm. for all of us that change this just, human contact. Yeah. You know, irregardless of whether it's intimate or not, just human contact, spatial relationship, being separated, going back to your childhood home away from a place yeah. where you've been in this energy with this with your husband for twelve years. Yeah. Just that yeah. physical separation. You think about and and I think about this a lot sometimes, you think about taking a a child away from their parent. You know, who's been with their parent for twelve years? And they could go to a much more luxurious environment where there's all the video games in the world and there's opulence and all this. And the grieving process would be so strong because there's something beyond all of that, that 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 relationship, separating that relationship, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. So this is Dr. Drayvon James. We're gonna take a break right now. We're gonna come right back talking about life after divorce. Please invite someone to be comforted today. This is Everyday Peace. We'll see you after this commercial break.
0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on donate to make a one time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Reverend Richard Rogers, speaking at Unity San Diego on the power of transformation.
1: Because what I want you to see today is as a culture, even in Unity, we have this belief that we're not quite there yet. And the whole purpose of the whole self-help movement, self-help books and workshops and all the training, is so that your ego finish the job that God started, right? Like that you're going to help you finish doing the work that God began. Like that you're going to self-help yourself into enlightenment. And we buy
0: that. I mean, we actually think that's real, right? And what if the truth is that you're already there? You're already fully baked. And the whole thing of spiritual transformation
1: isn't really about transforming your spirit, but it's about seeing yourself in the way that God saw you from the beginning
0: to find a unity church near you visit unity.org follow unity online radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows become a fan by clicking the like button you can join in with a Facebook live event or just like and share our post be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at unity village we want to hear from you Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening. Discover Unity Village and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Discover what your dreams are trying to tell you. Join dream expert, best-selling author, and hypnotherapist Kelly Sullivan Walden for Ask Dr. Dream every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central. Kelly will awaken you to the wisdom of your dreaming mind with expert interpretation as well as introduce you to fascinating guests. Each week you'll get information you can use to help make decisions and gain greater self-awareness. Join the show live or listen later on demand here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's
1: 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to
2: Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. Of course, today we are talking about life and... After divorce, and we have a wonderful guest with us, Wanda Abney, who's written a chapter in a book called Freedom. Her chapter is called Freedom by Grace. That chapter appears in a book called entitled She Believed, Volume Two. Wanda, I I forgot to get the author's name of that book. It's not in front of me. What's the author? So it's
1: um, Shaya Ataberry Chasinga was our publisher, and the story it's uh, fourteen women. We share our stories of unapologetic, determined, and fearless, uh, fearlessness pursuing destiny.
2: Wow. Wow. And your story, I I was telling you during the break that as I sit here, I am, I'm first so comforted by the fact, and I say this in my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, that I had a friend who, whenever I told her that I was having a trial or tribulation, she would say to me, Drayvon keep on going as I'm going through this right now. And so she says, keep on going. And when you get mm-hmm. to the other side, you're going to shine like new money. And I have that feeling right now. As I listen to you, the feeling that I had with her was always a mixed emotion. One, I was so scared because she never said to me that Dravon, you're not going to go through this. Dravon, is not going to hurt. And those were the things that mm-hmm. I wanted to hear. I wanted to say somebody to say to me that I'm not going to go through this. It's not going to hurt. She never said that. Mm-hmm. She said, keep on going. And when you get to the yeah. other side, and she believed in me. And that was the comforting part. That was the mixed emotion because she believed in me so much. And she said, when you get to the other side, and then she made a promise to me, you're going to shine like new money. And, of course, that is what we're talking about today, life after divorce. We're talking about that grieving stage, and I think the point that really resonated with me is that the grief really happened when you moved out, when you actually physically removed yourself to mm-hmm. your mom's house, and you no longer had that physical uh, uh, proximity there, the closeness there. Then you go through this grief. What does that look like? What does oh, man. I, I know there's a lot it of crying, really, but... It, <laughs>
1: It was a lot of just questioning myself. It was very sleepless, restless sleep at night. Like I couldn't sleep um, because I still was, did I do the right thing? Was it so bad? Um, And really just questioning myself. So I wasn't able to sleep. I couldn't concentrate for anything. And it's really bad because I'm a trainer. Like that's what I do is I teach classes. And boy, I tell you, it was some rough classes, but I, I just didn't, I couldn't concentrate. Um, I still had to do traveling for work. So I still had to maintain some kind of composure, like it's all good, when inside I was just crumbling. And, yeah. just, um, you know, nerves were bad. I couldn't eat. I lost 40 pounds. Um, wow. And just really not sure. Uh, if that was the right decision so or, you know like i said a lot of questioning a lot of praying a lot of crying to god crying out to god um and just asking him just to comfort just take this pain away because it was it was physically almost as physically painful as it was emotionally painful at at time
2: the physical pain right the, yeah yeah it's 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 real it's almost like a withdrawal you know because you've mm-hmm. been in this relationship 12 years it, and pulling away from yourself and detaching yourself. Is, but I, I also am attracted to the part which I know is very, very mature. There is a maturity to this when we say that I see my responsibility. Because there is a tendency for all of us to look for, to shift the blame and to, to the other person not that the other person is, is, doesn't have shared responsibility but it takes mm-hmm. two as my mom would always say it takes two to tangle right mm-hmm. and to be able to say that here is where I see my responsibility to me that's the place of healing right there when you can say I can see my responsibility that sort of to me in my mind starts to dissolve the victim part of us, which is the powerless part yeah. of us, and lets the true yeah. strength stride through. What did that look like for you, that taking on, taking on responsibility?
1: Ooh, that one was really tough because it was, first, it wasn't pretty, and I didn't want to take responsibility, and I wanted it to all be his fault because he was a bad, mean guy, and when I thought about that, what I feel convi- what I felt convicted was, is that how you want to be? Is that how you want to show up? Do you want to be this angry, bitter person? Plus, even you, you were there for all of that stuff. You allowed, you know, I heard someone say, we allow people, we show people how to treat us. And so I allowed a lot of that behavior and i think part of that was because i had to realize where where was i in that emotionally where was i coming from how was i before i got to the marriage how did i prepare myself and i think that's where a lot of people make the mistake is because at that when i married my husband i was 35 and i didn't think i would ever get married and here comes this person the smooth talker which there were tons of red flags but i wanted to be married i had a strong desire to be married and so a lot of things that i saw in the courtship i just overlooked and i had to actually say you know what you allowed that you you knew what happened when this particular thing happened you could have walked away then but you didn't and you allowed certain things to go on and you allowed him to talk to you like this and you allowed him to treat you like this like yeah, he's responsible for his part, but you also have a responsibility to say, I did that. I brought this brokenness into the marriage, and I have allowed certain things to happen. And I can't blame him for everything. He can't be the fall guy for everything because it's just not true, you know. And so that right. was a tough one because, like I said, as much as I wanted to just be like, oh, woe was me. It wasn't realistic, and I didn't want to, I mean, of all things, I really did love and care for this person. It wasn't 12 years of bad. It was actually, you know, we had some really good times in there. He was my best friend. So I couldn't, in, all, in, in order to be fair to him, and that might sound kind of weird, I didn't want to be put all the blame on him because, it's, it, you know, like your mom said, it takes two it really does take two for the marriage to be good or for the marriage to be bad. But two people come to that. And so I had to right. realize what it was that I was bringing to the marriage, what I brought, all that brokenness from past relationships, from my childhood, stuff that was never resolved, that I had to re- recognize that I brought that in. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so I had to take responsibility you know. for that.
2: And the thing that I get to when I talk to people is that there is a line, maybe a thin line, if you will, between taking responsibility and then throwing yourself as all the blame on you. And I really want to caution people against that, that it really does take two. And so that absolves us of blame, right? We can use that position of taking responsibility in, as a tool of tutoring to learn from a self-growth and development yeah, yeah. instead of saying, Oh, I'm, I'm," you know, look at me. If I had better self-esteem, I would have never allowed this. I'm so, well, let's use this to see some things about ourselves. And I, I gotta tell you, reading that article in psychology today, it was an article that talked about uh, 90% of Americans suffering from some form of pathological loneliness or AKA codependency. Um, that mm-hmm. many times oftentimes, if not in a marriage at work or in other relationships we we are a passive because we, as you mentioned, we want so badly to be either married or connected in some way that we overlook things that could be red flags, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that part that, of taking that, that responsibility up
1: the mirror is hard oh. That is hard. Taking a, a real honest look in the mirror is so hard, and I think that's something you have to absolutely be ready for. You know, yeah. you can't sugarcoat your weight. You, you know, it's that was the one that takes the most work. I think, in my opinion,
2: right, it takes the most work, but it's so. It's, but it's to me, it's the one that gets you the most bang for your buck too. Is when you say, okay, yeah. here's me, here's what I see. And it tells me right then and there, these are some of the things that I can work on from a loving position. Cause I gotta say this for everyone listening, myself included, that I I know that self-criticism does not work. You can't be in the middle of something that is as serious and as life-altering as a divorce, and start criticizing yourself. What you mm, need yeah. is to be lovingly aware. Of where you've been. Why you've been there. Why you've made a decision. To exit. And what are some things. That you want to tweak. About your personality. About the way you approach life. But it's all got to come. From a loving place. It can't come from this place of self-criticism. Because that you're too vulnerable. And and, and even in the best of days. I, I am not a proponent of self-criticism. So, But I do love. I do love taking responsibility because from that platform right there, from that foundation right there is the springboard of healing. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you own it, you can fix it. If you put it on somebody else, you at the mercy of whenever they decide or if they ever decide to fix it. Mm -hmm. And then it leaves you just floating in this sea of ambiguity forever. So I love that. So let's oh, yeah. talk about your, the third one is action. So you got through this, you, you grieve the relationship say, Hey, this is, this is going on. This is where I am. This is the reality of what's going on. You take responsibility. This is where I am. This is where my contribution to this. I love the term you talked about. This is my brokenness. Uh-huh. This is my brokenness that I brought and and i and i, ho- I want to say something that when you and i talked offline maybe last week or the week before you said something that i hope i never forget in fact i wrote it down in my journal when i came home that evening you said that about and I, and i'm paraphrasing cuz i don't have the journal in front of me but you said that if you had been aware of your brokenness at the time and he had been aware of his brokenness at the time and had been willing to work on your your brokenness and he work on his that it may have made it And I thought that was eye-opening. Oh, talk a little bit about that, because I want listeners to really hear that, because we all come with some brokenness. We all do. That's true.
1: I I do truly believe that had we been able to set aside some of the barriers that we brought to really set aside those things, that we probably would still be married today. Um, It's just a matter of... Again, holding up that mirror to yourself. And, you know, a lot of times people have so much pain that they're, they might not ever be ready to look at that thing. And I think that's what happened in our situation is that I feel like he had so much pain from his past um, that it was just too painful. It was way too painful for him to actually come to truth about some of the things that he had experienced. And so, you know, I was at a point where I was ready. I didn't want to live like this anymore. I'm ready to just heal. Let's do whatever we need to do. I'm ready to just get it all out there. And unfortunately, my partner wasn't at the point where that was something that he was willing to do just because of the amount of pain I feel because of the amount of pain that he experienced in his life.
2: Right, because sometimes you can have so much pain that you're unwilling to go back and deal with it. Mm-hmm. You just want to keep, you know, you don't want to, you, you feel like I've kicked enough dirt on top of that. And I realize that it's mm-hmm. a toxic waste and the fumes are coming out, but they are slowly killing everything around me. But there's so much fear and so much pain there. You're afraid to go back and dig it up. So he's like, I'll just, you know, right. I, and I you see know, the sometimes toxic people fumes.
1: People can bury it and move forward, but it's when it starts to affect, your reactions or the way you do things, um, for him it came out through addiction to drugs. You know, when the, when it starts affecting you in that way, then you have to look at it. Like sometimes you can just be like, okay, I'm healed. I learned from that. I move forward. And then sometimes you really do because it affects your character or who you are how you show up in relationship or with people is that you have to. You can't avoid or you can't avoid it. But it's
2: not going to be good, right? Exactly. You got. to, You have to deal with this. And I want our listeners to really know that that we all come with some degree of brokenness and introspection. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, Louise Hay talks about a lot about mirror work, and uh, mm-hmm. long before I even have heard that term, I was a big proponent as a kid of you know, in my twenties, of being able to just look myself directly in the in the face in the mirror and being able to look into the eyes of my soul and be okay with me. Mm-hmm. And I I know yeah. that that is challenging for people because when to say you know I yeah I did do that. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, I yeah, did that too. And not excuse your behavior, but still love you. Still love you mm-hmm. and give yourself permission to change. Yeah. It's so big. If we could get people just just there right now, today, if you're in this situation or another situation, take that moment, really see you. Don't criticize you, just look and see you and make the decision that you're amazing just the way that you are right now and that you will do the things, commit to the things that will produce the overall healthiness in your life that you want to have. So we got this thing here about the responsibility, but the action. You know, a lot of people, Wanda, I got to tell you, that are living in purgatory, uh-huh. no action. And they they know, they know, uh-huh. right? They're taking those deep breaths. They, they've yeah. been, they, you know, whew, my gosh, you know. And they just can't get the energy to take the action. It can can be
1: pretty um, debilitating uh, to have to now pick up the pieces and decide where am I going to move from there. Um, But, again, it's so necessary. So, for me, what action looked like was, Making a plan, okay, how long do I want to stay in my childhood bedroom? How long do I want to, you know, do this? I was left with a mountain of bills. I was left having to pay spousal support and things like that. So what's my plan moving forward? How am I going to now, what is, you know, now that life looks like this, how am I going to move forward? Where do I – the beauty about it is that I can make, take any action I wanted, which was really a beautiful thing. I can live where I want it now. So I had to kind of see the, the bright side, if you will, on some of those things. I can go live wherever I want. I can go and do things that I want to do. I just need to make a plan and not just start reacting, but really make a plan on, okay, so I want to be in my mom's house for a year while I save up money, while I do X, Y, Z. I want to live in this part of town. I've always wanted to live in midtown Sacramento. I live in midtown where I'm walking distance to things. And just, you know, what is that? What do I want life to look like now? And then what steps am I going to put in place to actually make it happen? You know, that was right. what it actually looked like for me.
2: Yeah. It's just, And I love how you see, look at it as an opportunity. I get to do some things here. I get to do some things here. Um, um, my social media posts today, both Facebook and Instagram. I posted about what I believe to be the, one of those, the cures for fear, and that is curiosity. I believe I'm a huge believer in when I approach things that I'm really, I have this trepidation about that. I, you know, I've dealt with that most of my life of not wanting to go through things. I just figured like, you know, just tell me what to do. I'll just do what you ask me to do so we don't have to have these problems. Uh But we know that life doesn't always work Uh out that way. Sometimes you just have these problems or these situations. And what I developed is a healthy curiosity, you know, Uh Oh my, you know, I've I've never, and in fact, I had a friend tell me this I've never been divorced before. It's not something that I choose. There's nothing I can do about it. It's already my partner filed the papers. It's a new experience. And I was just, I said, wow it's a new experience you know i'll see how this works i've never done this before so and not Uh to be cavalier about it but i think we do have to take that approach to so many things in life that fear has us stuck when we have to take action even if the action is i'm going to give it one more chance one more try you know and and then the one more try could be the one hundred thousand time if that's your decision Uh get curious about it not fearful I wonder what this time is. I wonder I'm sorry. Go yeah.
1: ahead. Yeah.
2: No, no, go go ahead.
1: And you make a good point too is that for me the the steps look like this because I was the one that decided to walk away. I think you make a really good point in that. Sometimes when that happens to us, it might look the same but different. So, you know, you'll still have to grieve. You still have to take responsibility, but now you have this other component of this thing happened to me, you know, and I've seen a lot of people, I've had a lot of friends that have gotten blindsided by, I thought everything was going well and now he's filing for divorce or she's filing for divorce. And that mm-hmm. is like a whole nother component to getting through that as well, because you have to just process what the heck happened
2: right What 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 just happened here what just happened here well we have a Mm -hmm. caller on the line of course this is live radio and i am going to uh pick up this caller i last couple weeks i've been struggling with doing this right i don't know what's going on with me (laughs) just clicking the button but we have um a caller on henderson hi you're on the air with everyday peace dr drayvon james and our wonderful guest wanda abney how are you today
3: i'm good and thank you for taking my call
2: Oh, you're so welcome.
3: Um, You know, I was just listening, and I kind of wanted to piggyback a little bit because I was listening to uh, Wanda, and most women, um, and I say that respectively, we usually go into relationships and marriages broken from the beginning, and whether that's childhood, um, hurts we haven't gotten over, or things like that, and then we find a man, and we feel he will make us whole And then reality steps in, and he is not the one that makes you whole. And then we become confused because you're supposed to be my everything and anything, and it doesn't work that way for us. And then we become lost. We lose ourselves because we're into our maid, and we're trying to be the perfect wife and the perfect mother, and we just lose ourselves. And the truth of the matter, from some of us, not most of us, in fairness, we were lost before we said "I do." That's true. Yeah. So that I, I that gotta
2: the agree with that. I, Pardon? Yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent. There, we we come and as Wanda said, we come broken, and for whatever reason, and maybe maybe I'm going back to your show, Wanda, full circle. This is the conversation where we need to start talking amongst every generation and saying. I need for you to be complete now, to as complete as you can be, knowing that there is no other earthly person that can complete you. And I think that's we we all not all. I don't want to be so um, generalistic in my terminology, but I know a lot of women. We do that. A lot of us do. We do that. We we go into a relationship and we're looking. For this completeness. And I think it goes back to. I read this article. I got to tell you guys. I read this article that talked about. 90% of the population. Is suffering from this pathological loneliness. And that includes men too. So this feeling that. When I get with this partner. This person. I don't have to be alone anymore. It lets us put up with a whole bunch of stuff. I think. Well, A whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. For the sake of companionship. Yeah, Yeah. the
1: caller makes a good point, too, in that, you know, we look to that person, that spouse, that man or wife to be our savior in a sense, that person that's going to help me fix me. And, And so and then when it doesn't happen the way that we think or because they come with their own baggage, then we get resentful because, well, you were supposed to help me be a better person. And here it is. I'm not better. This is actually, this marriage is pretty bad. You know what I mean? Like, we look to somebody else to fix us, fix our brokenness,
2: when the responsibility is on us. Yes. Yes. And the responsibility is on us. And, you know, we do have our relationship with the Lord. And... We have networking. I think, because I'm resonating with Henderson right now. I I don't know. I I feel a connection. I know that we have an untapped resource. Mm -hmm. We speak a language unto ourselves. When you say to me that I'm looking, I'm lonely, or I feel this, or... As a woman, I'm connected with, I can feel that. And I think that we, we can be encouragers for each other to make sure that we're doing those checkpoints to make sure that we're um, encouraging each other to be in relationships in a healthy and balanced way, healthy and balanced. But that takes, that takes transparency and that takes community. And too often I find that we as women and possibly men too, I don't want to leave them out, but we isolate. We get in a position where I found my soulmate, and we close out the whole world. And well, ladies, we're out of time. This conversation could go on forever. They're playing the music and I am so, I gotta tell you, this conversation we got wanda we have to do this again everyone you've been listening to everyday peace with dr Dravon james we're talking about life after divorce please invite someone to listen to this conversation we'll be together next monday until next time be peaceful
0: thanks for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world